0: Welcome to the inaugural episode of ZigZag Club. I am honored, privileged, thrilled to be joined by my co-founder and friend and best friend, Ben Walnick. Um, You know, this really started because of our story. Like, honestly, man, first of all, thanks for being here. No problem. I don't want to go crazy with this, but I'm excited. Um, We have a very unique story. I don't think, like... No one's gone through what we've gone through, but we left a very specific industry to do what we're doing now. And just some background here for those that don't know, Ben and I started in broadcast journalism. I was the sports anchor reporter. I also did some news reporting. Ben was the meteorologist giving the weather throughout the week, weekend mornings, tornadoes, all of the above. So we were in a very specific, fun, cool industry And we left it to start Let It Fly Media, which if you're listening to this, all you need to know is we are a content agency that creates messaging for ourselves and for our clients through video, audio, animations, all the above. So it was quite the pivot for us, and I want to dive into that. But let's just start with the very obvious. I'm asking everyone this. I already kind of introduced it, but I didn't say your title. What job title do you currently hold, Ben? Uh, Co-founder and president of Creative. So we've, we've gone back and forth on what our titles really are, but that's where it stands right now. Um, what did you always know you wanted to do or be growing up? Or are you one of those people who you weren't sure for a while? And just tell me about the process of getting into a career. So it was 100%
1: a broadcast meteorologist from when I was probably 10 or 11 years old. So this all started back. I had my best friend growing up live two doors down from me and we both were obsessed with the weather. Uh, when there were storms, we'd go out looking at the clouds from our front yard. We would watch the weather channel on loop. You know, the local forecast was always eight minutes, every eight minutes or every 10 minutes on the eights. And we would watch it for three or four hours, even though the content repeated every hour. Um, we were nerds like that. Right. And I even visited my local ABC station. My mom set it up when I was 13 years old to meet the chief meteorologist, hmm. got a tour of the station. I knew it's what I wanted to do. The only school I applied to was the University of Oklahoma because of their meteorology program. We went and visited. We talked to the meteorology professors when I was a junior in high school. And once I got admitted, I mean, I didn't I literally didn't apply anywhere else. I knew that's where I was going and that's where I went. And I got my
0: degree. So you were headstrong. Like you're like, you knew from a young age that you wanted to do this, which side note, it's kind of funny. I wanted to go into broadcast journalism because I watched Cubs games and I was like, I, I want to be part of this. I-, I played sports, but I knew ultimately that's what I wasn't going to do long term. And I wanted to be a part of it. And I think I made that decision as like a six year old. But when I was 11 or 12, my first thing was there's a school assignment to sh- career shadow. And most people did their parents or something. I was able through my pitching coach to career shadow a WGN radio host um, in the morning. And so same thing, like I went the extra steps to get immersed even from a young age and was on that path. And so you go to Oklahoma uh, for weather, like, come on, that's like the Mecca, right?
1: Yeah. I mean, they literally, when I went and visited as a junior, they're like, by the way, we're soon breaking grounds on the national weather center already in Norman, Oklahoma. They had, the Nash, where, where they did the National Weather Service office and the Storm Prediction Center. Every, every time they issue a tornado watch or a severe thunderstorm watch, it comes out of Norman, Oklahoma. They built on campus and where my classes were my last three years of college, this giant five-story facility that also had all of those government offices. So we literally were going up an elevator to our classroom on the fifth floor, and on the second and third floor were all these really important weather offices that make a lot of decisions across the country. It was definitely the Mecca, and then obviously got to do some storm chasing, too.
0: Okay, so you're there, you're in the Mecca, you're storm chasing, you're getting the experience. Um, before you're graduating, Like, it depends on the job, but for your job, any certifications you need? like, I mean, you're obviously all in, so like, what did you have to do to prepare yourself to kind of jump into this as a full-time career past college?
1: So, unique situation for me, I graduated. <laughs> it's a crazy program. I started with 170 people freshman year, and only 37 of us graduated. Um, I took a victory lap, by the way, but redshirt year. Um, very difficult program. Most people, and by most people, 98% of people do not go into broadcast. It is more a meteorology school for research and private sector businesses. Okay, so
0: real quick, since you're going down that path, yeah. many people on television, when you know people are tuning into their weather in the morning or at night... There's a good chance they're watching someone who doesn't have a meteorologist degree. They they went to broadcast journalism school. They've learned how to read radar, and Mm -hmm. they've done all these things. But you're one of those people, and shout out to my wife. I I feel like I have a minor in meteorology (laughs) because my co-founder and my wife both um, are and were meteorologists. Um, You guys actually went to school for that, for the data, for the science behind it, and also applied that to TV, which is kind of cool. And I, I would assume helped you be a little more hireable. For sure. And what also made me more hireable is that I knew I wanted to go on broadcast
1: before I even went to college. Um, even if I had professors saying, why don't you go into research? Because almost no one went into broadcast. So I went and I got a minor in broadcast, which okay. a great journalism school, not quite Missouri, but mm-hmm. the University of Oklahoma has a really good um, school of journalism. So I got my minor in broadcast. I participated in the school newscast for two semesters. And uh, it was a tough time when I graduated uh, back in 2009. We were in a big recession. Um, I didn't do too much searching during the summer because I was in a relationship and I was fine just hanging around Dallas. Um, But towards the end of that summer, someone found my YouTube uh, in Lawton, Oklahoma, and reached out to me. I interviewed in Lawton, Oklahoma, where they told me, we don't have a job for you, but we just bought this station 45 miles down the road in Wichita Falls, Texas. Would you interview there? I did the next day. And that was my first job.
0: Okay, so we don't always dig too deep into the... Because this is the zigzag club. I want to hear about the pivot. Yep, But I really did, for the purposes of this first episode, I wanted to dive into your past because there are a lot of people out there that, like you, like me, thought about something early, went after it, put themselves into successful situations. It's not always by yourself. You have mentors, you have people that help you. um, But also you're determined to get it done. And you dive into that career and... For you, I want to ask you, how did that career go? You don't have to go crazy with it because there was a pivot. But yeah. in this first career as a meteorologist, how did that career go and what was your path?
1: So overall, I thought I was really good at being a broadcast meteorologist. Um, it's a very difficult field to move up. Any Anything in broadcast, you basically have to move around a lot. You have to start in small cities. I mean, Wichita Falls, Texas, the, all the markets in TV are ranked. There's like 220 now. I think Wichita Falls was... One hundred and forty fifth, maybe somewhere around there. Yeah. I jumped from there to Waco, Texas, which was just inside the top one hundred.
0: That's a great jump.
1: And then up to Tulsa, Oklahoma, which you were lucky enough—that was your first job out of college, where we met.
0: Times um, have changed over five years, yeah. but yeah.
1: And and part of that is part of the reason why we'll talk about the pivot is that the business changed, not only before I got into it from what I thought it was going to be, where it was this luxurious career that paid really well. Everyone was a local celebrity. You and got
0: makeup in-house, which is not a real thing. You got
1: your haircuts paid for, or they yeah. got done at the station. Uh, they paid for your suits. I mean, my first job, they gave me an allowance to go buy suits. That, that um, did that not exist
0: ha- when I was in, and that was only five years later. Yeah, <laughs> and I was
1: in a much bigger market. That didn't happen when we got to Tulsa. Um, it, it was an industry that was changing, where you were having to work harder. You were having to do more and you were being paid less, and you are being, what we felt, appreciated a little bit less than you know people that were doing this in the 90s right. or, or even in the 2000s.
0: So let's get into that a little bit before we go into the pivot. And I don't ever want to talk about myself. I want to hear other stories, but it is the first episode, so I think people should know kind of my background as a host. Um, similar to Ben, went to University of Missouri, but I wanted to do sports broadcasting, so there's no choice i'm not going to like science classes for that. That was strictly journalism school, broadcast school um worked my butt off honestly, like I had a lot of fun, but in my free time like I guess it, it was flipped like I went to class but in my free time, I was working on my craft to be a good broadcaster um that was my paid job, and that was also doing volunteer stuff at the school so when i'm going to look for my first job after going through a great four-year program and where we ultimately meet in Tulsa, there was a shift because of the recession and jobs that used to, you know, be one thing turned into four things. And what I mean by that is when you used to just be the anchor, that's all you worried about is you wrote scripts and you went up and you were an anchor that turned into being the producer that turned into being the shooter. You had to set up your own live shots. They called it the multimedia journalist. And that's what I was trained for. And it was actually kind of a new thing. So I think because of my amazing education, the reason I was able to jump to Tulsa, which was a huge jump out of college, it's what, is it 59 market? I think it's yeah, it's right, it's, right, right around 60, right yeah. around 60, um, is because at that point I was able to write, shoot, record, edit, stand up, do all that stuff. And they're like, oh, I can pay this kid like really little and then do all these things. Awesome. And that's because money wasn't flowing into the industry as much. So Great job. Love Tulsa. It's a misconception about the industry too. People think anyone on TV
1: makes a ton of money and it's just it's just not the case.
0: No, it's it's not. But I had the time of my life, man. Like the three years there, being a sports guy in Oklahoma for your first job, go from working four years in college, and not getting a dime, and all of a sudden I don't care what the money is. I'm getting paid to cover the Oklahoma Sooners in the Sugar Bowl against Alabama, Oklahoma State in the Cactus Bowl, in Phoenix, Arizona against Washington. Uh, Marcus Peters was on that Washington team. Yeah. We're based out of Kansas City. He used to play for the Chiefs. Oklahoma City Thunder, Durant, Westbrook on the team, right? So it's, like, it's amazing. So we're in an awesome industry. We meet. We golf a lot. We become friends in Tulsa. In our minds, when we first met, it was still TV, TV, TV. I was like, okay, where am I going from here? Am I going to be a sports director in Knoxville? Am I going to take the job in Kansas City? And that's where we were at. We both switched, but I'm interviewing you. So I want to ask you. What forced the change in your career from being a meteorologist to now being the co-founder of this company?
1: You want that specific story (laughs) at the TV station that we've talked about a lot of times off camera? Uh,
0: Yeah, but the faster version.
1: Yeah, so um, I I think we were just generally frustrated with how we were being treated and how we weren't. Not that we're some millennials that need to be patted on the back all the time. That is not us. That's not,
0: honestly, anyone in TV industry works their butts off and they don't care. They don't need the pat on the back. It, It was...
1: Making a monumental decision that made the company a lot of money and not really getting anything out of it. Not offered a raise, nothing like that. So really short version of the story is we had one of the largest earthquakes in Oklahoma history. It was a really big breaking news story. It happened during my shift on a Saturday morning. There were no managers in there. I made the decision, even though my producer was telling me to go to commercial, to not go to commercial. And we went straight for like four hours. And everyone ended up tuning into us. We found out the next day that our numbers were like Super Bowl numbers, if not bigger than Super Bowl numbers. And the station probably made a lot of money. Probably a lot of money. I don't know if we're talking hundreds of thousands of dollars. I don't know if we're talking tens of thousands of dollars, but they promoted it. The sales staff went with it. We know they made money. And I was offered a gift card to a gas station. And I got employee of the month. That's great. (laughs) But like, there wasn't any raise. There wasn't anything like that. And it just sparked – it wasn't even that I was just so frustrated with uh, the TV station. It was, man, I really want to do something where I'm smart, and if I make a decision like that, that I see a reward for it. And I'm not looking to be pat on the back, but I am looking to be successful effect. and raise a family. A result. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And so I, I've i always kind of had an itch to be a leader and be my own boss. I thought maybe that was me being a chief meteorologist and running a weather department in TV. But as soon as we started having a conversation about potentially starting our own company, I really got the itch to, no, we can, I can actually be my own boss and I can make money doing that.
0: Yeah. and, And my story is, um, not similar, honestly, like as far as what forced the pivot, like I know we talked about, we were both at phases to start this company for me, I really thought I was going to be in this that industry forever. Like, and my goal was to get to Chicago. Like, I, like I said, I was six years old watching Cubs games. I wanted to report live from Wrigley Field, and I don't know how it works. It's hard to get jobs in this industry. But being in Kansas City, I set myself up to a nice jump to potentially get to Chicago. They like to hire local people. Like, I I had a chance, pretty good chance. So to just throw that away to do this, my circumstance was similar i felt like my creativity was capped it was less about wanting to be a leader even though i I love the leadership role i just felt like every time i came up with an idea or did something cool it didn't really matter and i wanted to be somewhere where that did matter and b it was a personal life thing like you get into it and you start to realize the older you get and you can't realize this in college you can't realize that first job once family whether it's girlfriend fiance, wife or being closer to your family because you miss them after a certain amount of time. Once that becomes a bigger part of your life, broadcasting is a tough industry. It's just in general.
1: You don't have holidays off. The hours are... There's not really many shifts in broadcasts that are conducive to raising
0: a family. None. Not, they're not normal hours. Um, great industry. Had some of the best memories of my life, best experience of my life. Met the best people in my life. I respect all those people yeah. that are
1: still doing it too. It yeah. just wasn't. It wasn't for me because I didn't want to be in the evenings trying to find a time to go to the extracurriculars when I have kids. Yeah. And I didn't want to be waking
0: up at 1.30 in the morning to do the morning shift either. So my big shift on the sports side of things, that was all in my head. And, but I knew I had to pull the Band-Aid off when ESPN started laying off everyone. And when I say everyone, it was a, bi- I, it was a moment. I think it was like 2016 or 17 when they th- laid off a significant amount of staff, including talent. And I said to myself, that's the mountaintop. Everyone wants to work for ESPN. If the mountaintop does not exist anymore, what am I doing? And it sucks that I need to think about a different career, but I don't want to be in it 10 years from now, and it doesn't exist anymore. Or what I think it is does not exist anymore. So we talked. We started this company. And I don't know about you, but for me, it was the best decision. I knew it, but it was the most difficult one in my life because – in journalism, you go 100 miles per hour. Uh, we, we, were, we studied it. We were experts in it. We knew what we were doing. And then we jumped into something where, yeah, we had a really good idea about what we wanted to do, but we had to learn it on the fly. In a corporate environment that's really slow compared mm-hmm. to journalism, I was out of my dang mind for a while because it was so different, and it was a tough change. Fast forward to us talking right now, yeah, the most amazing thing that's ever happened in my entire life. But how has that changed for you? Yeah, so
1: a quick anecdote before we jump into that, because I this was an extremely difficult decision for both of us, and we thought about it a long time. Our
0: families identified us as those jobs that we were in.
1: Yeah, and, and you know they I, they were supportive, but they definitely questioned it, I think, from all sides. Um, a, a little bit of how you're talking about ESPN sparked this in my mind, that um, I interned at NBC in Dallas when I was still in college, and there were four main meteorologists there. Um, one, I worked for in Tulsa, and he hired me to be chief. He was chief meteorologist there. That's where I worked and where we met. Um, one has retired since, and one now works for Southwest Airlines and also got out of the business. The fourth one, which is kind of how this relates to ESPN, um, bounced around to a few bigger stations and then worked at the Weather Channel for over a year. And I talked to him before I made this decision about what his experience because that was kind of the mountaintop. Like you know, yeah. I grew up watching the Weather Channel. I yeah. said earlier on this it's podcast. National. Um, and he kind of talked about how miserable the experience was. Um, I won't get into the nitty gritty of why, but basically said they don't pay as well as you think, and you don't really get to do what you want to do. And so, after having that conversation, it made the the pivot, the zigzag, just a, a little bit easier. So, back to real quick, wh- how how are you phrasing that question? So,
0: my big thing was how how was the change? So, you dig zigzag yeah. from from what we were just talking about to what we're doing now. Yeah. During that process of change, I mean, we're, look, we worked from home for two years. We weren't, we didn't have a steady paycheck. Like, I mean, all those things. That yeah. You, when you start a company, that's you expect it. That's fine. But how has that changed for you?
1: Um, you know, it, it was at a really interesting time. I think in both of our lives, we both got engaged basically while we were having the conversation of doing this, mm-hmm. and the process of leading up to us both getting married was the first year, year and a half of our company, which was extremely stressful for both of us because of financially. Thankfully, we both had significant others that they do work. That work and supported us. Um, had some savings. We started the company on very little investment and very little money of, of our own money.
0: Oh, I feel fine telling the world we started this company on twelve thousand dollars. Yeah. That that's nothing for companies. Yeah.
1: And you you always hear that your company will not be profitable for the first three years, and you shouldn't worry about it until you get past your full first three, three years. years. Yeah. And for us, we were able to thankfully pay ourselves just a little bit after that, that first full year, and then we kind of took off from there. And yeah. as soon as we started hiring people, obviously, we, we expand from that. The transition itself... Um, was strange because not only were we both working from home, but the first year we were in different cities. I was still in Tulsa. You were in Kansas City already. Um, So even though we talk about our company starting in 2017, it really didn't feel like it started until the summer of 2018 once we were both married and we were both in Kansas City. Uh, That first year was really tough. We were finding any job we could for any amount of money. Sometimes you're talking we were doing (laughs) 10 pieces of content and 10 separate videos that took us weeks and weeks to do for what we charge now for less than a day worth of work. Um, it was stressful and it was tough, but we had, thankfully we had really good support from within our own families and we believed in what we were doing. Yeah. And obviously I think it's, it's paid off dividends where we are now. We're both extremely happy with where Letify Media is and where it's going. And it feels like we're just scratching the surface.
0: Yeah, you sparked this thought in my mind as far as a zigzag. Um, people are going to question it. People identify you as whoever you are, whether it's who you throw out on Instagram or who they think they knew as the person in high school or college. People frame who you are, and it's hard to change because you kind of start doing that persona. But I think what you just touched on that was key for us is while we're going through the difficulties, anyone who changes is going to go through the same thing. We were so goal-oriented, and in our minds, The victories that we saw, which might seem small to other people, we knew how big they were. So, like just emailing a certain person and getting a response, or networking from one person to another person who might get us to the next place. Like, you can't just flip a switch and get those connections to build a company. So, when we would come home and be like, Lindsay, Katie, like we talked to this person today, and they're like, oh, great. Are, like, they're not mean people, but in general, are you getting paid for it? Yeah. Like, no, 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 well, no that's not the you point. You don't realize how great this is going to be. Yeah, like, but yeah. we stuck to that vision. So I think if there's one success story out of it, it's not where we are now versus where we came, all that stuff. It's when you make a change, go for it. Literally go for it, have a goal in mind. And if you don't hit it, that's okay. Cause we always said, if this doesn't work out, we can pack up and go back to television. Mm-hmm. And we were just glad we did it. And we did it at a time where we said, look. Let's do it when we're getting married, because then when we establish our lives with our wives, if it goes well, we're already in that career. Why would we wait until we have kids? And then that's even a bigger risk. So the timing was right. Everything worked out. Now, like you said, we're probably the happiest we've ever been. And I think this company is going to keep us happy for a long time. We look forward to Mondays, which is really cool. We didn't even mention the
1: fact that, you know, a lot of people are gonna have with their family are saying, Why are you doing this? Why are you making your zigzag? You're gonna have friends saying, This I've always considered you to be the weather guy. I still have people that are like, you know, right. what's the weather like? Um, we had agents oh, that, yeah. <laughs> that we had to break the news to and had and they had fierce arguments on you're making the wrong decision. So even another added layer for us was someone that had experience in our business telling us we were going to be successful, we were going to make money, don't we we're move, gonna make don't to the big city. Yeah, don't leave this job. And like you said, we maybe made the jump earlier than other people would, but for us and where we were at in our lives, it just made sense to do it earlier rather than later because you know we wanted a fallback plan. You yeah. never know when you're starting a company if it's going to work. Thankfully, it's been great to us, and it looks like we've got a great future. But at that time, we needed to make that decision now so that when we're two, three years into our marriage and I've got a kid, who knows when you'll have a kid, but we're starting yeah. families, we wanted to know... All right, this is something that's going to be successful, or we need to make another zigzag and figure out what we're going to do.
0: Well, shout out Jeff Marku, my agent out in Denver, because. Dave Christopher. Dave, like, Jeff was the man because when I left um, the TV station I was at before starting this company, they made me buy my contract out. Like, I literally had to pay money to change industries. Like, that's how crazy TV is. It's one thing if, you know, you're going to another TV station or competitor. I literally had to buy myself out to changed my life which is crazy i my agent could have said the same thing he's like i'm tied into that agreement with your tv station if you're leaving like that's money out of my pocket he said look i don't agree with this i think you should stay and in the nicest way he wanted to keep working but he's like i'm not gonna make like if this is what you want to do like that's the kind of compassion that puts people in p- positions to succeed because that allowed me to be like okay someone trusts and believes in me so Anyways, that, that was a huge part of it as well, which I think is really cool.
1: The last thing I'll say um, is if you're going to make a zigzag, my advice would be this. Um, you're going to have moments of doubt. You're going to have moments of fear. I mean, we were both really confident in our abilities, and we were confident with our idea and what we were going to be able to do. I don't know if we ever thought it was going to be what it is now when we started it. Um, it, it certainly has adapted. Yeah. Um, I think we had confidence we would grow a company. And it wouldn't just be the two of us. Um, but there were moments where Dark we moments. we didn't know where the next <laughs> paycheck was coming from. We didn't know when we were going to be, be able to pay ourselves again. We sat down in a restaurant with our wives saying, if something doesn't happen in the next few months, we might have to start thinking about something else. But you know, if you just persevere and believe in yourself, um, not every business is going to be successful, but you definitely won't be successful unless you believe in yourself.
0: I completely agree with that. What have, and only a few more questions. Um, this, is, this has been really fun, but I, I kind of want to know, doesn't have to be something deep, but in general, if there's one thing you can point out that you've learned about yourself through the career change, what have you learned about Ben Walnick through the zigzag?
1: I don't know if it's specifically the zigzag, but as far as leading people and, and being a leader with Let It Fly Media is that it's okay to be yourself, um, I, I can be the comedian a little bit of the time and definitely keep the office loose. I can also definitely be the pessimist as people in my office will know. And I think that's why we strike a really good balance because you can be an optimist and I can be a pessimist and a balance as well, but we still believe in our vision and what we're doing. Um, yeah, I learned, learn about myself in the zigzag is that, um, I, to, to trust myself and that my decision-making is, is really sound. And I feel like we have had hundreds and thousands of decisions, little decisions and big decisions we've had to make with this company. And that I trust myself and I trust you. And as long as we trust each other, ultimately we'll make the right decision 99% of the time.
0: I didn't know that what I did before my DNA was, was going to be able to translate so well to the business world. Cause we didn't get business degrees. Neither of us did. And so I think that for you too, I mean, you're, I mean, you're crunching numbers every day, we're doing a lot of stuff: proposals, SOWs, all this like jargon you would learn in textbooks that we didn't go through, and we had to get a crash course in. I think what, what I learned about me, I learned about you, is that people can adapt, and if you're really determined, you can make it happen.
1: And, and one thing that we learned really quick is if you are an efficient and quick communicator, and you're you're readily available and you're persistent, that'll go a long way in the business world. Um, I also think that with the zigzag. Um, you know you, i don't think of it in two dimensions where you're just changing paths but your life is going to be the same i think you have to think of it in three dimensions where you have an opportunity to not only change your path but also enhance your life and and move you know kind of up in the
0: vertical into a new step. direction yeah. Yeah. yeah i mean weekends back have been awesome i've just been able to see my family more to more think, weddings i feel like we are
1: we have become better people because of the people that we've surrounded ourselves with and just what we've learned and how to interact with people. I think overall we're, we've just improved as, as humans.
0: Yeah. No, and I think a lot of zigzags are like that. It'll be interesting to do this show because I want to find the stories of a zigzag that didn't work and why it's not all, not all of them have to work. It's just our experience sparked the idea. And I'm telling you, this episode was fun, Ben, but we're going to, t- we're going to talk to people that are far more fascinating, far, far cooler than us. Um, And we're going to hear amazing stories, but I felt to start this series, we kind of needed the background of why it was created and a little bit about us. So as we do these, they they know where it's coming from. Far more interesting, man. Slap in the face. Uh, Okay. (laughs) All right. Well, this was awesome. Uh, Thanks for stopping by and I'll go see you in the other room. Yeah. Thanks for having me.